Ephesians 4, verse 21 to 24. You were taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, to take off your former way of life, the old self that is corrupted by deceitful desires, to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, the one created according to God's likeness in righteousness and purity of the truth. Let's pray. Dear God, we long for you. We thank you for who you are and what you're doing. We thank you that you're our certainty in the midst of uncertainty. You're our solid rock in the storm. God, you're our hope. You're our creator. You're the God of redemption. You take what is evil and you use it for good. You take what is broken and you restore it. You take the old and you make it new. You have the patience and compassion to work with us imperfect humans. And we thank you for that. We love you for that, God. I pray that you would speak through me right now. I pray that everyone who is listening would feel your spirit and hear your voice. God, let us drink from your living water. We need you, God. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey guys, I'm Connor. I'm the worship leader here at Fireside. If you've been around for a little bit, you probably know that. And I am so excited to be bringing the message today. I'll be honest, this is my second time recording this message because my computer lost the file, uh, which is ironic because the name of this message today is Renew. And I guess I had to renew this message I guess it was a little stale. It needed some renewing. <laughs> but we're in this series called New. Uh, last week, Andy's message was Restart. Today is Renew. It's a new year. We're all longing for some renewal. I think we're all anticipating this new year. We're all wanting to push the old aside. Maybe some of you are starting diets or some new habits. Maybe you're trying to kick old ones. I think we can all relate to that feeling of wanting things to be new already, wanting things to to be how they should be, to be renewed. And the good news is, is that the whole biblical story is about the renewal that God is doing. Personal renewal, global renewal in all humanity and a cosmic renewal. God's renewing the earth and the universe. Everything is being renewed. In Revelation 21, it says there's a new heaven and a new earth. And Jesus says, behold, I am making all things new. This is what we have to look forward to as believers in Jesus Christ. This is what we have to put our hope in. But we're not all the way there yet. There's still brokenness all around us. But the good news is, is that Jesus wants to walk with us in renewal. Now, each of these messages in this series are for, or are specifically for people in a specific stage of their spiritual journey. So this message of renewing is specifically for the person who maybe you've been following Jesus for a little bit but you're just looking for that second, third step. Maybe you've been feeling like when you first started following, there were these changes and you were growing and then you've kind of hit this plateau and you're looking for how do I grow more? 
Maybe you heard Andy's message last week where he talked about the passage, uh, if you're lukewarm, God will spit you out of your mouth. You were like, yikes, man, that, that's an intense passage. Every time I hear it, I'm like, man, am I lukewarm? What does lukewarm mean? I don't want to be lukewarm, but I'm not some martyr in another country I'm practicing Christianity underground. I'm not you know, Mother Teresa, am I lukewarm? And if that's you, this message is for you. We're talking all about renewal and what that means. So we're going to get started in Romans 12, verse 2. It says, Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Right off the bat, this verse presents a choice to conform to this age or to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The default for all of us is to conform to this age, to go along with the world, to go along with the status quo, the way of the times, to think the way everybody else thinks, to spend money the way everybody else spends money, to spend our time the way everybody else spends their time, to treat people the way everybody else treats people. Our default is to just conform to the way of this age. But God is calling us to something higher, to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, to become a new kind of human who thinks in a new way. And then this verse reveals what the end goal of renewal is in Christianity. In our culture right now, there's a lot of talk about self-help and self-actualization and enlightenment and, and all that kind, of, that kind of thing. So what does it mean for us to be renewed as Christians? What are we trying? What is our goal? What are we aiming for? And it says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. The goal of Christian renewal is for us to be able to discern what is God's good, pleasing, perfect will, to have the wisdom of God. That's the goal of our renewal. Because if we believe that God created us, knit us together in our mother's womb, if we believe he created the whole universe, that he spoke everything into existence, that he has that kind of power and he has that kind of goodness, and we should be ready to put our faith and our trust in him and follow his wisdom. I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter 4, starting at verse 17. It says, Therefore I say this and testify in the Lord, you should no longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thoughts. They are darkened in their understanding excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them and because of the hardness of their hearts. It might sound kind of harsh. They're, they're darkened in their understanding and excluded from the life of God because of the ignorance in them, and because of the hardness of their heart. But we're all ignorant. We all are limited in our understanding. We only see our own perspective. And if our hearts are hard, from receiving God's wisdom, from having our own idea of things challenged, if our hearts are hard from that, 
then we're excluded from the life of God. We won't get to experience the life of God unless we're open to that. I'm going to continue. They became callous and gave themselves over to promiscuity for the practice of every kind of impurity with a desire for more and more. But that is not how you came to know Christ. Assuming you heard about him and were taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, to take off your former way of life, the old self that is corrupted by deceitful desires, to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, the one created according to God's likeness in righteousness and purity of truth. Now, the old way is associated with relying on your own thoughts. We have this choice again, the old and new in this verse. The old way is relying on your thoughts. The old way is following your deceitful desires. But the new is being in the image of God. Now you'll notice here, it doesn't just say, take off your old sins. It's not just talking about your your old sins being covered, that, that you're good now. It says, take off your former way of life. And when we follow Jesus, he's going to challenge the way we live our life. He's going to begin to challenge the way we spend our money, spend our time, think everything about us. It's not just a part of us. Our faith with Jesus can't just be a part of our life. It's not just one little piece of the pie. When we follow Jesus, it reshapes how everything works. So we should expect that as we follow him, he's going to start challenging us about the way we're living our life in all these different areas. What's going on over here? What's this over here? When we start following Christ, there's a whole new operating system. And here the the end goal of the renewal in this verse is related to the other. It says to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, to put on the new self, the one created according to God's likeness and the righteousness and purity of truth. Then when we're renewed, we go to our new self. We're associating with the part of us that was created in the image of God, created in God's likeness. That inside of us, we each have this part of us that was created in the image of God. But then we have this sinful nature that we're all wrestling with. And this is challenging us to be made new, to come back to the wisdom of God and to walk out in his image. I'm going to go to another passage that's kind of presenting this similar choice, but in a little bit of a different way. This is in Psalm 1, if you have your Bible with you, it's right in the middle of your Bible. Psalm 1, this is a poem, a beautiful poem, and it says, How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked, or stand in the pathway with sinners, or sit in the company of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction. He meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. It's a beautiful poem, and this presents that same choice again. The vice of the wicked or the 
Lord's instruction. And this gives us some incentive of why. It's not just, we're not just following God because it's the right thing, but it says how happy is the one. His delight is in the Lord's law. God's way is good. He loves us. He wants the best for us. And again, if we really believe that he is almighty creator God, that he created everything we see in this world and that he is good, then we should be ready to listen to him, to trust him on what his way for us is and trust that it is ultimately the best way for us. Man, in that verse three, we'll be like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither. Man, evergreen, its leaf does not wither. Don't we want to be like that? Never shaken, no matter what storm comes, no matter what season it is, no matter what's going on in the world, no matter what's going on in our government, that we're not shaken. Do you know anybody like that? Don't we want to be like that? Now let's talk about that verse 2. It says, Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction. Or your translation might say the Lord's law. Now that phrase, the Lord's law, refers to the Bible as a whole. It's kind of the way the Bible refers to itself. So let's talk about the Bible. Because <laughs> this verse is saying, Instead, his delight is in the Bible. And he meditates on it day and night. But we might be thinking that the Bible is really intimidating. And you're right, it is. It's, it seems really complex and there's a lot of misconceptions about it. One misconception is that the Bible just kind of dropped down from heaven, fully completed the way we have it today with the maps in the back and the chapter markers and verses. And it's in English, King James Version, leather bound. And that's just not the case. The Bible is made up of 66 books written over 1500 years by 40 different authors in three different language three different languages from four different continents in several different literary genres the bible is a complex literary work but that's not uh, scandalous in second timothy it says all scripture is god breathed or god inspired it's this idea of, of God working through humans to create this word. That it's a, a God and human effort, a divine and human work. The next misconception kind of relates to this. It's that the Bible is really simple and easy to understand and to apply. Some people have this idea of the Bible as it's just do's and don'ts and you just apply them to your life. And that's just not the case. The Bible is not that simple. Uh, ironically, the word Bible comes from the word book, but that's not really a biblical name for the Bible because the Bible, as we discussed, is 66 books by all different authors. A better way to think of the Bible is as one library all knit together telling one story. Now, it's really dangerous to just rip out individual quotes and use them and misuse parts of the Bible. In Hebrews 4.12, it says, For the word of God is living and effective and sharper than any double-edged sword, 
penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It's a double-edged sword. A sword in the right hand is good, but a sword in the wrong hand or misused can be really dangerous. Throughout history, we've seen the Bible misused and misquoted to support some heinous things. It's dangerous when we come to the Bible with our own ideas, our own agendas, and then we just take it to support whatever we want. When we do that, we just make a God of ourselves. We end up causing a lot of harm. So many people have been oppressed throughout history because of people doing this with the word of God. It goes all the way back to Satan in the wilderness with Jesus. And Jesus is being tempted by the devil. The devil misquotes and misuses parts of scripture to try to get Jesus to turn away from God. It's a practice as old as time. So how are we supposed to use this sword? Well, we use this sword against the enemy like Jesus does. But we also use this sword on ourselves. That verse says it's sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. When we read the Bible, we're to fall on the sword. To fall on the sword, die to ourself, let go of our own opinions, our own presuppositions, our own agendas, and let God judge the thoughts and intentions of our hearts to give us that discernment of what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God as it talked about in Romans. Now, a few more things the Bible is not. The Bible is not a rule book or moral handbook or behavior manual. The Bible is not a theology textbook. And it's not a bag of inspirational quotes. It's not a rule book or theology textbook because, you know, what rule book or manual would have stories about, you know, a guy getting swallowed by a giant fish or a talking donkey? And if you think the Bible is just you know, a bag of inspirational quotes or just one big devotional. Try reading one of the genealogies and tell me how inspired you are. (laughs) Now, those parts of the Bible aren't mistakes. They're in there intentionally. So what is the Bible if it's not a rule book, if it's not a theology textbook, if it's not just a devotional of inspirational quotes to give us fuel for the day? What is it? Well, on the first page of the Bible, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And on the last page of the Bible, right before the author closes with a little closing paragraph, it says, and they will reign forever and ever. Now, what kind of book starts with in the beginning and ends with they will reign or they will live forever and ever? It's a story. (laughs) The Bible is one big story. And it's a story that all points to Jesus. When we understand the Bible like this and we run everything through this idea of it being one story, it helps us to really understand what God is putting across. I recently started watching the Star Wars movies with my brother Nolan. And it's embarrassing to admit, but I had never seen the Star Wars movies. I don't know how, I just never got around to watching them. But, you know, I've 
been living in America and Star Wars is pretty immersed in the culture. So I knew a lot about Star Wars. You know, I knew the characters and about lightsaber sabers and, you know, the basic plot of there's the dark side and the light side. And I, I knew some of the quotes, you know, Luke, I am your father and Yoda saying do or do not. There is no try. I, I knew some of those things. So I thought I had a picture of what Star Wars was all about. But then Nolan and I started watching the movies and I was kind of blown away, especially we watched the sixth movie and I, this is a spoiler alert, but this movie is like 35 years old. So I don't know, but, uh, yeah, I started, we started watching the sixth movie and, and I'm, I'm watching it. I'm blown away at how, how deep it was that, you know, Luke starts fighting Vader and, and anytime he starts attacking him, the emperor is just laughing. The emperor's happy, the emperor of the dark side. And then Luke, you know, he chops off Vader's hand and he looks down and Vader's hand is his hand. He's becoming what he's fighting. And it's like, wow, this is this deep message. And this story is so deep. And it's like, wow, I, I, I thought I understood Star Wars. But now that I've, you know, heard the story, that's the compelling part is the story. I think that's the way a lot of us are with the Bible then we know some of the characters. We think we know the basic plot. We have an okay idea of what's going on. And we've read some of the quotes here and there out of context. But it's not until we really immerse ourselves in that story that we can be transformed by it. That we're so inspired by it. And that can speak life into us. It's one thing to just get a little inspirational quote out of context. But it's totally different to be inspired by the story of the Bible as a whole. I want to just demonstrate how the Bible works together as a story. How everything connects to everything else. And it means so much more when you put it all together. Now all these verses we were talking about today. In Romans, in Ephesians, in Psalm that presented this choice. They're all hearkening back to one of the first stories in the Bible in Genesis 2 and 3, where Adam and Eve are created and placed in the garden. And God tells them about the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And they're presented with this choice. And then Satan starts to try to tempt Eve to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good, good and evil. He tries to get her to judge with her own wisdom rather than God's wisdom to question it. And it says here, the woman saw that the tree was good for food and delightful to look at and that it was desirable for obtaining wisdom. So she took some of its fruit and ate it. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Now, all these words that are used here, she saw that it was good, delightful, desirable. A lot of these words are used in these verses we talked about. It makes me think of Romans when it says, when our mind is renewed, we can discern what is good, pleasing, and perfect. But Eve here is trying to discern what is good and pleasing by her own wisdom. And then in Ephesians, you know, it talks about how the old is our deceitful desires. Eve has these deceitful desires. But when we're renewed, 
We're in the likeness of God, God's image, the way he created Adam and Eve. We come back to that when we're renewed. And then in the Psalms, Psalm 1, we have this, you know, how happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked, like Eve, listening to the serpent. But he delights in the Lord's instruction. And what is he like? He's like a tree of all things. Echoing back to to Genesis 2 and 3. So this is all the story and it's all intertwined. It helps us make sense. And this whole story, it points to Jesus. The night before Jesus is betrayed, where do we find him? We find him in a garden, just like the garden in the beginning. And he's presented with a choice. He knows that God wants him to go up on that cross and he's praying and he's wrestling with it. He's wrestling with the choice, but he prays this prayer. God, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Not my will, but yours be done. And Jesus goes up on a tree, up on the cross for us. He makes the choice that we can't. So if you're overwhelmed by this topic of renewal and you're like, man, I just don't add up. Just know that Jesus has made the decision for us that we're saved because of him. He loves us as we are. All we have to do is come before him and say, I can't do this on, our, on my own. To repent, to surrender, and come and follow him. There's an awesome worship song we sing here sometimes that says, You love me as you find me, but your love's too good to leave me here. And that's just such a beautiful picture of the Bible that God loves us exactly where we're at. He loves us as we find us, but his love is way too good to leave us in our own ignorant, darkened, not understanding way. It's way too good for that. Now, that verse in Psalms, it said to meditate on the word day and night. That word meditate, in the Hebrew, it literally means to, to kind of read and, and talk out loud quietly to yourself. That we're to immerse ourselves in the Bible, to read it day and night, and we'll be renewed by it. It'll just start to mess with us as the story gets into us. So I just encourage us to immerse ourselves in the Bible to read it day and night, read different translations of it, read commentaries, read children's Bibles, listen to music about the Bible, listen to people speak about the Bible, read the Bible with others, you know, watch videos about the Bible, immerse yourself in the story of the Bible and let God's wisdom renew you to his way so that you can be someone who can discern right and wrong for yourself. See, God could have just given us a rule book. He could have just given us a list of do this, don't do this, but he wants relationship with us. He wants us to be relying on him day and night so that we can be transformed into the kind of person who can discern right and wrong for ourselves. 
It's like he could just give us a fish, but he wants to teach us how to fish for ourselves. It's a beautiful thing. As I get ready to close, I just want to share a little bit about the impact this has had on my own life. Really reading the Bible. And when I was in high school, I I was a Christian. I was a believer. And then I just went through a lot of heavy things that really turned my life upside down and changed everything in my life. And it was really difficult. <laughs> and I I really didn't know what to do. I, I was really caught off guard. And I was really at a loss. And I, I just did not handle things well. And I prayed a lot of prayers asking God for help. But I just couldn't get out of my own way. But eventually through leading, reading His Word, He just began to start leading me out of my own mess and just putting me on his path. The word of God has just power to transform your life when you apply it. You know, it's not just reading the word, but it's doing the word. It's actually meeting with the person of Jesus and actually following the things he says. When we do those things, it's amazing the fruit we start producing in our life. It's amazing how things just get clearer and better Oh man. So I just pray that uh, you all can be just inspired by the word. Um, Practically, we are doing some reading plans together as a church in 2021. You might have heard me talk about it. Uh, If you go to the YouVersion Bible app, Friend Request, Fireside Church, and we'll invite you to two different plans. Now just pick one. Uh, Both of them are great. One is the Project 345. It's uh, one chapter a day, three to five minutes a day, goes through the whole New Testament. The other one starts tomorrow, and it's uh, the 49-week challenge. That's going to be Old Testament and New Testament. It's about 15 to 20 minutes a day. Either one you choose is going to be awesome, but this is just a great way to read the Bible together. So there's a little chat feature on it, and I just encourage you to Ask questions, share your thoughts, share the things that are confusing you, encouraging you, challenging you. And we can all work through that together because the Bible is something we're supposed to engage as a community. And I believe that it's just going to continue to renew us this year. Uh, In in closing, I just want to challenge you to, as you're reading the word, really let it mess with you. Let it begin to challenge you in your day-to-day life and just take it throughout the day with you. Look for those crossroads moments where there's a choice between conforming and being transformed, a choice between the old and the new. Fall on the sword, choose the tree of life, choose renewal. Let me pray for us. Lord, I just pray that you've spoken through this and that you can begin to to mess with each of us. <laughs> Show us the areas you want to renew us. Remind us of your grace that covers us for the ways that we have fallen short and the ways that we mess up. I pray that you would bring renewal in our lives personally, that you would bring renewal in our towns, bring renewal in New England, God. 
bring renewal in our country, in our world. We trust you. We love you, God. It's in your precious and holy name we pray. Amen.